This is the Tribe Mastermind, where we talk business, purpose, and passion with your hosts, Jordan Muela and Steve Welty. If you're ready to shift into a bigger future, then this is the show for you. So plug in, buckle up, and get ready to be. Here we go. Jumping in again. I've been excited and kind of amped up this morning waiting to jump on with you, my man. How you feeling? Good, man. You're pumping me up. I'm feeling great, man. I'm, uh, I just came off of a all day kind of planning meeting with JG, the coach mm-hmm. and Rita. Nice. And, 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 uh, yeah. And he had his, uh, kind of assistant coach Tanya there and man, just a full day of kind of like idea generation and hashing out some stuff with tribe, good life, music, man. Can't wait to debrief with you, brah. I like it. It's always good to create some space and go deep. I don't know why I, I have this tendency to resist that. I want to like be like busy, but when I step back and man, make the time, big things happen. So kick it off, man. Give me, give me the down low. Dude, so exactly what you just said. You said, what did you just say? You just said basically sometimes you resist the space because you feel like you need to be more productive. I need to do things. Do things, right? Check this out, Jordan. What if the things you look at as distractions are actually the things to grow your business faster? Slowing down to speed up? Is that what we're talking about? I don't know. What does it mean to you? Like, um, to me, I mean, I'm interested to hear your take on it, but that's kind of like, in a sentence, what my journey has been about the last three, four years is, uh, you know, and creating space is a big part of that. Like, Creating space seems like a distraction, right? Be it spending time with the wife and the kids seems like a distraction from growing your business. Exercise. Exercise seems like a distraction. Personal um, development, coaching. Coach, co- coaching. I mean, coaching could, yeah, you, you know, per, like working on your, 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 the human side of you could be seen as that. Even, even um, like leadership, like working on who you are as a, like a leader. Um, you know, I think our default is like, okay, podcasts learn tactics, uh, strategy, like, you know, lead funnel, um, all of this stuff, podio, uh, you know, <laughs> podio. Like, <laughs> you're killing me. Paper click. <laughs> yeah. And I'm not like, I'm not trashing that stuff. We need that stuff. But, but I think, I think the huge uncovered, you know, behemoth of value is actually in the stuff that a lot of us push to the side as, as just kind of being like, meh, or like a necessary evil or a distraction. What if we triple down on those things? So that's, that's like the case I'm setting out to make, you know? I like it. So leadership is the one that really resonates with me because leadership is the one where having a variety of, of business partners and people that I work with, some folks embrace it, some folks are resistant, but when there is resistance and I've been resistant in the past, it's along the lines of the kind of the, the underlying idea behind the pushback is basically, I already know what I need to do. I just need to do it, but, but there's a failure to connect the past from the future. Like, do I, does the past and do my results demonstrate that I already know what I need to do and I just need to do it? Or does the past not correlate with the future that I want, therefore demonstrating that I don't know what I need to do and I need to, I need a new strategy, need a new plan, need a shift. Yeah. I mean, 
if if you fall in the boat of I know what I need to do, I just need to do it. It's like, well, great, execute. What's the problem? I think uh, <laughs> I think one of my uh, currently things I'm going through is I'm I'm going to do like an information fast because I feel like um, I'm taking in like it's it's like just time to execute on some stuff. I think I know enough. Like I'm not saying I'm never going to read a book again or listen to a podcast, but it's like I just maybe need a, a little bit of fast, a little bit of time away from conferences from um from books from podcasts um i don't know a couple weeks couple months i I don't know but um year i I don't know but i think uh i think you know i i I have enough stuff to work on you know what i mean and i know enough and you know when you bring up leadership the the thing that really is going to take that at least took me to the next level over the last few years was like not the stuff i implemented necessarily it was who i became as a person i've still got a lot of work to do but obviously but um and and that's the leadership thing and that's what we've talked about it's not leadership's like a roll your eyes like sometimes it's not like sexy you know it's not like oh like come be a better leader some people it is but overall it seems a little squishy and a little um, maybe even a distraction but becoming a self-leader and being becoming someone that actually leads by example and attracts people to you and business to you and things to you by the person you become. It's not, um, you know, it's not what you do. It's who you are. I think that's really the hack. All right. Let's wade onto the edge of the ideological and philosophical diving board, as it were, and talk about the law of attraction, which you know, as soon as that comes out of the mouth, some some folks roll their eyes and they're like, "Oh, law of attraction, the secret. What is this BS?" But if you if you try and break it down and make it explain it in a way that is accessible as possible, the way I think about it is that you're always the market always is the truth. The market's answer, the market's response. If people aren't buying what you're selling. That is like, that's, that's ultimate truth. You know, that's reality. That's the, that is the beauty of capitalism. There's nobody to blame other than yourself and taking ownership of it allows you to use that feedback to get better and to improve. So it's easy to talk about in the context of selling, but I've been thinking about that in terms of the team lately, man, like attracting the team that you want, these people that are creative, they're bought in, they're A players, they're thinking about like high level ideas, and they're just really motivated to upskill the capacity and grow the organization. How do you how do you attract those people, man? Like those people, the world is their oyster. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Yeah. Well it it helps number one to carry yourself in a way and have a presence about yourself that, you know, attracts those types of people. I think people want to follow leaders that they want to become like, and you can help people become more like you. Mm -hmm. And then there's always like someone up the food chain. So that might sound kind of like narcissistic, but it's like, there's always like a mentor above the person that you think you are currently, you know what I mean? So it's, it's always feeding each other, but it's funny you bring up law of attraction. A story came to mind when, when you said that, when I first heard about that, I was like hooked and I was just on cloud nine attracting that I was going to win the lottery. I was like working on that day and night. Like, man, like it was funny. Like I almost had like a quiet, not contempt, but like, I can't think of the right word, but like satisfaction, almost like, dude, these people, my friends don't even know, like I'm about to become <laughs> like a, a millionaire. Like I was so confident in it. It was so funny. 
And, uh, and it never happened. <laughs> I mean, like winning the actual lottery, but, uh, but the interesting thing was, I think it, it did start a good conversation in, in our culture about the importance of positive thinking and, and things like that, which, which wasn't out there too much in the mainstream, I think. But, um, but yeah, just thinking it definitely didn't get me anywhere. <laughs> it, it definitely needs to be matched with action. I think about it more as just like feedback, like, like, uh, command flows to the worthy. It's kind of the sense in which I think about it. You know, if you're trying to with hiring, for example, if you have no culture, you have kind of a low level contempt for your employees, you're not invested in personal leadership, you're not really committed to your goals. You make up BS about, oh, I want to grow the company, but you're not really committed. Like people are going to sniff that out. And if, in the absence of those things, you're trying to use your compensation model yeah. as the reason that people should be grateful, motivated, and super bought in. Like it, it doesn't work. That's the opposite of the law of attraction. Yeah. Like if you look at all the great CEOs, you know, they inspire, they, they activate something in people. Mm, you know what I mean? um, and so if you're not that person, you might want to fire yourself from that position. You know what I mean? Because not everybody, I guess, can do that or work on it. I know Benjamin Franklin, we talked about this in his biography that I, that I have on my shelf. He like realized that his personality was going to get in the way of him becoming who he wanted to be. So he like made actual conscious efforts to like list qualities of people that he wanted to like become. And then he figured out, okay, what do I need to do to become this? So he wasn't necessarily trying to figure out, he spent more time on himself than he did on, you know, figuring out the logistics of the paper business he was in and stuff. Or modulate your expectations, right? You can either lower your expectations or you can raise uh, the bar and raise your skill level. And uh, I tend to be more interested in raising my skill level, but lowering your expectations is another way to do it. I cannot imagine expecting and believing in big success in my role as an entrepreneur without really loving and caring about people and my team members and having a a, a deep bent and bias towards creating a bigger future for them. Yeah. So what about the people that, you know, complain about their employees and um, complain about their clients? Like, is there, would you even try to talk someone out of that or are they too far gone or... Like, do you come across that a lot? I would, I'd say that people probably don't verbalize it that bluntly. Some folks do, but for a lot of folks, it's more, it comes through or you can know that it's coming through when there's more dread than joy when you think about your team members. Yeah. Uh, And there's just like a sense of heaviness and there's a sense of just checking a box as opposed to creating possibility. And a lot of that has to do with like the growth track, right? Like if people can't grow in the role and you're really just bringing somebody on to occupy a seat and sit there indefinitely, that does take quite a bit in in the enthusiasm out of where this is going to go on both sides of the equation. Yeah. You bring up enthusiasm. You mentioned joy. We've talked about joy. I think we did a podcast on it. I know we did a tribe exercise about like the role joy plays in growing your business. And one of the things I appreciated about yesterday was JG started off the day with, he drew a line down the center. I think he did a similar exercise once at Narcom, but he like drew a line down the center of the post-it page. And he said, okay, the doing and the being, right? And so on the doing, he's like, okay, what do you want to like accomplish today? And so I, I listed the different things I wanted to to brainstorm and he's like okay now how do you want to be like as we do this like what's ideal 
like, how do you want to feel? And I was like, okay, I want to feel chill. I want to like feel productive. I want to, they want it to be like funny, inspiring. So we listed all these things and he's like, okay, cool. He's like, so if we ever today, like are, stop feeling these things, then let's just call a timeout and take a break. You know what I mean? Because, and, and it was really interesting because, uh, most, I know I'm guilty of it too. Like you work through the stress, you work through the anger, you work through like these, these like negative states just to like crank and get it done. And yeah, I guess sometimes if you have to hit deadlines or something, but just the fact that like, it's an actual choice, how you show up in the world and how you feel and how you approach your work. And so if you have a choice, like one's not necessarily even better than the other. It's just like, which one do you think, you know, would you rather be in? So that was just really cool. And we actually never came out of that like heightened state, luckily, but, uh, but it's just, it's just something that I might blow past and seem see as kind of stupid, uh, like my older self or my younger self. But like now I see like, it's actually a choice that can benefit not just me, but the people in the room, you know? <laughs> well, what are the implications of equating work with drudgery? Like if you, if you accept that premise that work is toil, what does that mean? It means it's going to be a long road to haul. I mean, um, there's going to be less, uh, I know you're going to have a harder time attracting a great team who wants to trudge through it with you. People, yeah, I love my team because I, I can point to so many people that bring so many different, um, you know, emotions to the table and emotions are what sell these days, you know, and emotions sell on teams, emotions sell in content, emotions sell in story. And so um, the being part of leadership, I think, is, is so important um, to do the things that you want to do, like attract the right type of team. Mm -hmm. I think that it was really deeply embedded in us, this Puritan work ethic of you do your time and... Next thing you know, first, uh, for what, first 65 years of your life are, are over. Yeah. But that, so we, we talked also yesterday about this, this, um, this phase of business that, that was really cool and to conceptualize. And it, it's like the growth phase, the impact phase and the legacy phase, you know, and it's hmm. not, a, it's not a linear phase. Like, so like, let me break it down real quick. So growth is like, um, you know, you're, you're growing the business, you're, you're putting in the time, you're, you're hustling, you're testing things, you're head down, you know, you're, um, you're doing all these things, you're adding revenue. So like fee maxing, you know, you're, you're like putting these things in place. So I think sometimes we might be like straddling two different, you know, uh, phases, like the next phase would be impact where it's like, okay, I'm actually going to focus on the impact of my clients. And I think you've heard me talk a lot about, we've both talked a lot about that and um, how that's like really firing me up now is like the impact on my team and the impact on my clients. And then um, kind of like the, a character trait of impact is like harmony, like a character trait of growth would be like hustle, you know? And, uh, and then legacy is like a whole different thing. It's like, we know some people in tribe and that's, what's great about tribe is like, there's people at least in the property management space, like in each kind of level. And there's not like growth is bad or anything, you know, it's just like, uh, there's people in legacy, there's people. So, and we can all learn from each other because it's all 
it's all cyclical. It's not linear. Like for instance, we're doing the OBC LLC thing where we're trying to become our own biggest client. We're like in the growth phase of that. Like we're, we're, we're trying to figure it out. We're, we're hustling, you know what I mean? And so Mm -hmm. it like, you can push, like, let's say your management business, you can push it to like the impact, maybe you're straddling impact and legacy, and then you're kind of rerouting back to growth in something else, you know? I dig it. It totally makes sense to me. I think I I feel myself having gone through parts of that cycle and being in the impact phase is intensely. I, I think they're all rewarding in their in their own unique ways. I guess one isn't better than the other. It's a kind of a loop you can go through multiple times in different areas. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. So, um, it's just interesting that we can all learn something from each other in different phases, and that like the hustle or the you know. Um, and, and, and sometimes I'll, I'm guilty of it too. Like I'll hear someone just talking about, Oh, I grind 18 hours. And I'm like, subconsciously, I'll think like, that's not the way to do it. But really it, maybe it is the way to do it for this person. And maybe in perpetuity even makes sense for this person, but maybe they're just in the growth phase of what they're trying to do. And what, in which case makes great sense. You know, if you, if that's how you want to do it, like that's uh there's, there's not a right or wrong. It's just, it's just different stages, you know? Maybe it's not a grind. I mean, maybe that person enjoys it. You know, the Gary Vee's right. of the world, et cetera. Right. I, I definitely go in and out of this place of looking for joy in my work and really enjoying it. And sometimes feeling some heaviness with strategic coach that first year cycle of the program ended for me. So I, I completed my first year and it was fantastic. And I got to the point where I realized that in some ways I kind of went through the cycle and succeeded at starving out the less important by focusing on the more important. And at the, at the end of that loop, I had less to do. And it was actually kind of, um, it was kind of heavy to me because I had less to do, but I wasn't working less. Mm-hmm. And I wasn't committing something new. So I was in this like middle limbo land. It was really kind of stressful to me. So I had to sit down and be like, hey, do I want to like back off a bit? Or if not, what's what's the next big thing? And so that's kind of where I'm at right now. It's just like getting really clear on what the next big thing is. Yeah. So what are you leaning towards? Is it like finding another business, going deeper in existing business, working more on like the personal development, the being side, the leader, self-leader of Jordan, like what's what's coming up to the surface for you? I mean, I'm definitely weighing my options. <laughs> if I think about why I am drawn towards starting new things, a lot of it I think is because I love collaboration. I love the thrill of working with smart, passionate people that I know I can create value for and make a win. Mm-hmm. Um, that's just like really thrilling to me. So that's kind of my default is to look for other biz dev ops while managing to maintain and expand the new ones could be another could be a new event new podcast I mean, there's a lot of directions to take it so i've got to right. i haven't fully committed yet but what i know is it can't be it's got to be large enough in order for me to feel like i can go all in and it can absorb justify and reward my effort there you go what we were talking about earlier, um, I've, have you read Atomic Habits? By James Clear? I don't know. Is that the author? I believe so. <laughs> no, <laughs> no, I haven't read it. <laughs> but so, I, I've, I've heard great things about it. Oh, yeah. That's funny. I'm so like, I can never remember authors of books. But um, it's funny. Whenever someone gives me a book, I'm like, just the title's fine. I'll Google it. <laughs> but, <laughs> but, uh, but no, yeah, you're probably right. But uh, I keep seeing it pop up. 
and I started it. It's got some good thoughts, but it talks about true behavior change is identity change. So, Mm. um, for Mm. instance, like the goal is not to read a book. The better goal is to become a reader. Um, like the most effective way to change your habits is not to focus on what you want to achieve, but who you want to become. Mm. And, um, that comes back to like the leadership stuff, the self-leadership stuff in your state of being, and it aligns perfectly with all the stuff I've been reading and rereading and rereading with Eckhart Tolle that I'm so fascinated with, where he talks about, you know, your state of being is always primary. What you're doing is always secondary. And that, like the ego, the ego in us, it's always seeking more. Um, it's mm. always trying to add more to itself to feel complete. Mm. And that's why the ego is like preoccupied with the future. <laughs> because <laughs> it only uses the present moment as like a means to an end. Like it's not a, in, anything in, in and of itself. So mm. actually by giving yourself, giving your, and this ties back to law of attraction, by giving yourself full attention to this moment, there's an, you, you summons an intelligence far greater than the egoic mind and it enters your life. Um, I don't know exactly what that is. I can't break it down for you in an equation, but like, that's something I truly believe that there's this power because most people, including me, most of the time are so preoccupied with the future, which actually doesn't exist and the past, which actually doesn't exist. And we discount the present but if you can actually just ground into the present mm. with whatever you're doing and enjoy, um, you know, not look at it as a means to an end, then you can harness this energy of the universe. That's like, cause the universe is exist, the plants, the animals, everyone's existing in the present moment, except for most humans on earth. It seems, you know what I mean? I think this is part of the value of thinking about death, you know, just dwelling on its inevitability and using that as a catalyst to, appreciate the moment it's such a head trip man like i think about it when i put my little girl to bed and i tell her a story every night and then i sing her a song and if i really think about that i am so honored that she wants a song every night like that is like such a deep and profound honor that no business no no title can bestow upon me and yet sometimes when i'm in that moment of singing the song. I'm like, Oh, I gotta gotta wrap this up. I gotta, I'm tired or I gotta go do something else. Like what is, what's going to be on par with that? What task can I accomplish? What thing can I do that's going to be on par with singing a song to my four-year-old? She likes, she likes me to hold her. So I'm like, she's, I got this big four-year-old and I'm still holding her. (laughs) (laughs) That's awesome. You know, but yeah, man, you're, you're so right. I think that's the value of thinking about concepts like the ego, which sounds abstract and heady and philosophical, but it's just another way of saying we have a dark side, we have a shadow and it's worth acknowledging to have more awareness. Yeah. Did you ever get into, or have you ever read the stoic stuff like stoicism? A little bit. I've read Epictetus. Okay. And a little bit of Seneca. Yeah. I know like Tim Ferriss is big into it. I know a lot of entrepreneurs, especially are big into it. Um, I read the Marcus Aurelius book. A lot of it I didn't really grasp onto, but I, I, um, there's this one book I started reading uh, called A Guide to the Good Life, and it's kind of about stoicism. But one of the things that popped out of me about stoicism that I like is that, I don't know if it's all stoics, but a certain subset talk a lot about picturing 
like calamity happening and picturing hmm. like actually going like i forget how they put it but just picturing like you, you, this could be the last time you see your wife or son or daughter it's like it sucks i don't i've always kind of been like well, why would i think about that that's really you know like but they actually use it as a way i think to kind of ground down and to um you know maybe be more present and maybe be more effective and be more loving um and then they also g- go as far as to like periodically even if they're like well off they like go into poverty to like experience what poverty is like and the fact that like what if you didn't have a face or like what if you like what if your face was caved in or what if like your leg didn't work like they they use these things which seem kind of morbid but it did help me like holy crap what if something happened god forbid to like someone i really cared about then i'm a lot more like loving present kind and in the in the moment you know yeah, this fleeting moment. It's all we have. And me being present creates the bigger future, right? That's the only way the future actually happens is it's the only way that I can influence the future is via what happens in this moment. Yeah. Yeah, it's all you really have. But, you know, all the all the big changes that I've seen in my company and in my life have come after big personal changes. So that's why I'm really interested in in working on myself and working on my mind, becoming a master of my mind and emotions. And uh, so, and that's the other thing. It's my default. Like that's why I'm going on this information fast right now because <laughs> my default is to always add new information. But it's like, what if I just took the 15 minute car ride or the walk to the beach? And um, one of two things. One, just enjoyed like the atmosphere and looked around and, and was really present with the day. Or two, like thought through some of the current issues or problems I'm working on. You know what I mean? How much like actual thinking time, just playful thinking time do we do? Do you do like throughout the day? I know if it's like on your calendar, okay, I'm going to work on this workflow or something. That's like really applied thinking. But um, maybe to bigger things like how can I create more content? Um, how can I make content better? Like, do you ever set aside time to just think, just think? <laughs> so I do set aside time to think, but I also find that in many ways, like my mind is compulsively racing. Like I got out of bed twice last night to send myself emails. Cause I just had random thoughts of things that I wanted to record and jot down. I probably send myself five or six emails a day. And if I have, if I'm at like strategic coach or taking a day away, sometimes that volume volume can go up dramatically. I do find that the information fast is appealing to me in the sense that if my pay, if, if I'm doing too much and I'm too rapid in my communications, my mind is sufficiently wound up that the quality of my thought is goes down because it's like overly frenetic. Mm-hmm. I can't, I can't think like slow enough to be, for it to be constructive. It's more like looping, if that makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. I feel you. So what do you do when you get in, into that state? Do you, do you try to pull out of it or? Um, not always. No. Like last night I just decided to just go to bed. <laughs> <laughs> well, give me, would you remember what one of the things were that were like? Uh, yeah. I sent myself. <laughs> emails oh i uh i jeff <laughs> jeff i was thinking about jeff clausen in austin texas last night at 11 p.m there and i wanted to connect him with uh deb newell because he was having some maintenance issues and i thought it'd be worthwhile for him to talk Look to her you. good looking out man 
That's strong. <laughs> That's strong. At least it wasn't like some, <laughs> some like fully selfish thought, but, um, uh, that's funny. I, in, in when I do yoga, especially when I do yoga sculpt, which is like a high intensity kind of like weights thing. My, I think it's my ego wants to, I try to stay present, but it, it's like, I, I get the best freaking ideas and I, I try to, I, I feel like they're the best ideas, but usually they're not. Usually it's because I'm like kind of high in a sense. Yeah. Like it's like the old, like you smoke pot and then you like play guitar and you think like all the songs sound great or like whatever, but it's like, they don't, they're not really good. It's just like in an altered state. <laughs> man. Um, yeah. You, you, you know, you're doing the special kind of yoga, man. You got to tell me more about that. <laughs> no, but, uh, but it's funny. So I've been, I've been proud of myself cause I've been not usually like I'll grab onto some really like great idea that I have during like a yoga session. And then I'll be like, okay, I got to remember this until the end of the class. I'm like, no, just let it go. Just let it go. Because if it's meant to be at the end of the day, it'll, it'll come to me. But uh, that's funny. That just came up for me when you said, Oh, I totally that. think that if it's meant <laughs> to be, I overwhelm myself with ideas. Like I send myself so many emails that sometimes just like clearing them out and putting them on my task list is heavy. Sometimes I just got to like, say like, Hey, if it's, if you know, have a abundance mindset, if it's good, it's going to come back to me. I don't need to save it. I would love to um, close with a quote that I read from Charles Bukowski last night that was really impactful. It was an offshoot of a note that he read. Charles Bukowski was a part-time writer that was challenged by a publisher to quit his job and to go full-time. He ended up doing so. And in this letter, he reflects back on what it was like working day in and day out at this job at the expense of feeding his gift and his craft, which he really was a master of. And I read a corollary, another quote from him that just really inspired me after I read this letter. And the quote is this, if you're going to try, go all the way. Otherwise, don't even start. This could mean losing girlfriends, wives, relatives, and maybe even your mind. It could mean not eating for three or four days. It could mean freezing on a park bench. It could mean jail. It could mean derision. It could mean mockery or isolation. Isolation is a gift. All the others are a test of your endurance, of how much you really want to do it. And you'll do it despite rejection and the worst odds, and it would be better than anything else you can imagine. If you're going to try, go all the way. There is no other feeling like that. You will be alone with the gods and the nights will flame with fire. You will ride life straight to perfect laughter. It's the only good fight there is. Man, love that. Whatever it is for you, dear listener, and I know what it is for me. Steve, you know what it is for you. If you just trust yourself and listen to yourself, whatever it is go after it go all the way man there's no there's no greater suffering i have experienced than going halfway man nobody wins going halfway so love it man amen parting thought all right brother well hey have a good weekend did you enjoy this episode please share it with a friend and leave a review on itunes if you'd like to find out more about joining the tribe, go to tribemastermind.com to understand why the best and brightest mastermind with us.